3: I did chemistry reads with all the Owens, all the Malaikas. So I was on the phone with these people a lot.
2: (laughs) Okay. I
3: don't even remember at what point I had the job. I I was just like, I I hope there's a job at the end of this. (laughs) Hi, I'm Sinclair Daniel, and I play Nella in The Other Black Girls Streaming on Hulu.
4: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Off the Beat. I have got some pep in my step today. Of course, I'm your host, Brian Baumgartner, and ding dong, the witch is dead. Uh, Maybe you've heard the news. Maybe you haven't. The Screen Actors Guild strike is over. 118 days later, SAG-AFTRA has reached a deal with the studios. Whew, that was a long time. We have a new contract now that hopefully will make all this time off worth it. Uh, it's been such a long road, but I am so happy that we can all get back to work now, which includes talking about shows, particularly talking about new shows. Yes. Now, you may have noticed there was a dearth of actors joining me on the podcast here. Well, there's a very very good reason for that, because nobody was allowed to talk about any shows or movies that were currently streaming on any platform. So I have been chomping at the bit to tell you about a recent project I did. As some of you know from my conversations last year, I had the absolute pleasure to work on the show, The Other Black Girl. And my guest today is the star of our show, Sinclair Daniel. Sinclair plays Nella, who works at a publishing company. I played Colin, one of the authors that said publishing company represents. The show focuses on how Nella navigates office dynamics, race relations, and, well, otherness as a black woman in a white-dominated space. Sinclair does an absolutely beautiful job as Nella dealing with all of the complexity and humor and darkness that comes with. She is so good, everybody, and it is so good for me to finally be able to talk to another actor about, well, acting, especially new, recent, important, and great work. So I am so excited to dive right back in to let you get to know the funny, the brilliant, and the so-so so talented, Sinclair
2: Daniel. Bubble and squeak, I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every moment left over from the night before.
4: Hey, 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 Sid. <Clair>. Hi. How are you?
3: I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's been so long now. I know it's been a couple of like lifetimes. It feels like. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. You know, it's just now starting to get like wintery cold. So I'm yes. drinking a lot of tea, wearing a lot of scarves, having a good time. <laughs> okay.
4: Uh, you're in New York, right?
3: Yeah, I am.
4: Yeah. And it's getting, it's getting cold. You're it feeling is. fall.
3: I'm feeling fall. We usually um, skip fall and skip spring and just go straight to the extremes. So I'm really <laughs> trying to revel in the the niceness that is happening outside right now.
4: Well, you and I, oh my gosh, we last, it's been almost a year. If well, you yeah. Can, if you could believe that. Uh it's been almost a year. Uh I want to tell everybody about how we got to know each other. Um Absolutely. but I want but I want I want to start I want to start just with you. I want to I want to I want this is your life. This is okay. this is Sinclair Daniel's <laughs> life. Um
3: you grew up in New York, is that right? No, I didn't actually. I I grew up in DC. So okay. not super far, but I was born in DC and then lived around that D.C., Maryland, Virginia area for a little bit, and then uh, in high school, I moved to California.
4: California? Where, where mm-hmm. in California? Pasadena. Oh. The,
3: the Dirty Dana. The it's dirty, not dirty. It's actually very nice and clean and lovely. Real, I know. I know <laughs> it's, it's a really nice, nice. place. <laughs>
4: so you went to high school out here?
3: I did, yeah. I went to LaSalle High School, shout out, um, for shout out two years. Shout out LaSalle. <laughs> um in Pasadena yeah
4: yeah um what was your so why did you move to California was this a was this a parental thing
3: yeah so my mom's uh parents were um living in California and she was looking for a little bit of a change and they were getting older so it just made sense um to go out there we would go a couple times a year anyway so you just bit the bullet
4: you bit the bullet and moved out Mm-hmm. What what were you interested in as a as a kid? What were you what were you focused on? What were you interested in?
3: I was really I was a theater kid through and through. You were I, I okay. was yes. I I was just having this conversation with my cousin the other night, and she was like, "Wait, how did you get into this again?" And the, <laughs> the answer is, I had a lot of allergies as a kid, and both my parents worked full time jobs, so I needed something to do from three to six PM that was indoors. Okay. Um, cause I couldn't do the, <laughs> the sports without having sports an asthma attack or an allergy okay. episode. So, um, yeah, theater was kind of the answer for me and I just liked it. So I stayed with it.
4: Yeah. So this is like, you're, you're talking about like even elementary school or was this like yeah, into high school? Okay.
3: Probably starting around fifth grade. Um, okay. and so I was really into that. I was really I also liked winter activity sports. So I also, because no pollen, um, I liked to ski and ice skate, uh, which you can also do in California, which was very exciting to learn. (laughs) Right. You can surf and ski in the same day.
4: And were you doing, were you doing like school plays or were you branching out from that children's theater?
3: Yeah, I was doing the school plays. Um, We would do like one play and one musical a year. And then- I would also do some summer programs. I started to do those. I did like community Christmas time theater productions. Um pretty much anything that would allow like a kid to just come and right. participate. Right. Um I was I was pretty into that.
4: And when you moved to Pasadena, did you did you get into the I mean I I find it so lame like to call it Hollywood, but mm. <laughs> for lack of a better more accurate phrase like did you start doing an agent thing or were you doing commercials or, or were you still pretty much just strictly uh, doing theater in school and stuff?
3: Yeah, I was not doing all that stuff. I was really envious of all the kids who were, I wanted to be the kid who had to leave school early because I had an audition and oh, right. sorry, I can't come. I'm going on the Disney channel next week. <laughs> um, But I was very much not that. My mom was like, you're going to stay in school. (laughs) And if you do the play in school, that's fine. I think I went to like one, quote unquote, Hollywood audition. Okay. um, And they required that we emancipated ourselves. And so my mother said, absolutely not. And we went home. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Was was this for for television? I... Could not even tell you what it was. I went in. I was so excited. I got to do this one audition. It went really well. They called my mom in. They're like, okay, so how do you guys feel about emancipation from your uh, parent? And I didn't know what that was. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And she (laughs) said, no, 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 no. (laughs) Wow. I didn't
4: even know that was a real. And what's the the point of that? So they can
3: better control you? Yeah, I think it's so they can screw you over. I, I think it's just like, so they can have a 14 year old sign on the dotted line and they don't need like a co, uh, a co-signer, no guardian or anything. You speak for yourself essentially, Right. or you temporarily turn over your rights to somebody else, like kind of interesting. dark when I really yeah. got into it. Wow. So that is,
4: that, that is not a good, that's not a good start. I'm surprised no. you are where you are now. That's <laughs> crazy. All right. So you you continue to do the theater stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what makes you decide? Now, okay, so you're doing theater because you have allergies. You need <laughs> yes. a, an activity to do, right? But when when is the moment for you that it changes and you decide – No, no. This is not an activity because everybody sort of has these moments, right? Where Mm -hmm. it it turns from an activity to like, oh no, I can
3: like a this is what I
4: want to do. Yeah. What What was that? What was that for you?
3: I think it was less of a uh, like eureka moment and more of you know the span of a couple of years. And when I got to the age where the school play was no longer um, kind of a requirement or like, you know, most kids didn't have to be in it. Um, I kept doing it cause I thought it was really fun. And I think that's really what has always been the motivating factor to me is that it's just so much fun. And then in high school, when I moved to California, they had a pretty good, um, arts department okay. and I joined their arts department and really what it came down to was college applications because, okay. For whatever reason, we ask 17-year-olds what they want to do for the rest of their lives and then charge them hundreds of thousands of dollars (laughs) to follow through on that. Um, So I had to really sit with myself and just say, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? And the only thing that came up for me really that I thought I was any good at or that made me happy or that I could in reality see myself doing for a long time was acting and performing. So I applied to college with that. That's what I ended up majoring in and luckily I had parents who were very supportive of that dream. Um and saw it as a valid degree choice kind of
4: path. Yeah. Me too. Um you know, I think that we're rare. I mean, you 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 you, you make the joke, but you know, it it is true. It's it's insane that people are asked at that age, like, so what do you want to study? What do, what's your focus for mm-hmm. ever? But I think most people change, right? Like three, totally. four,
2: Absolutely. Five,
4: five times. Uh, but it sounds like you and myself, like once I got on the train and it was a similar time for me in high school, it was like, oh no, this is this is actually what I want to do. Uh, you went for it. Now you ended up going to to the prestigious uh, Tisch School of the Arts <laughs> there back in now your hometown of of New York. Was this an audition process? Did you oh, you, yes. you, you yeah you auditioned to get in there? Yes, yeah. this
3: was probably college auditions. Were probably the most stressful audition I've ever had in my life, okay. and uh, I'm I'm including TV, movies, Broadway, like <laughs> right college auditions, you know, stakes were high. Um, and yes, so most schools require you to do, um, a contemporary monologue and a contrasting classical monologue, if not more. And NYU didn't ask for a classical monologue. They just wanted two contemporary monologues and they sent a representative out to Los Angeles, which was nice. So I didn't have to fly across the country. It was in some hotel downtown where I think I later had prom. It was weird, but, um, We go in there. I was first of the day, first in line. I was like, I need to get this over with so I can start breathing again. I go in there, I do my thing, and then they ask for um, I do both my monologues, and they ask for a a classical monologue, a Shakespeare, and that was not something on their requirements. And I had not done it yet for my other auditions. I was keeping that in my back pocket because the time hadn't come yet. So I was panicking. And I remember taking my shoes off. I just to like ground myself. And I took my shoes off and I was in my socks and I did my Shakespeare and then I left. And it was it was good. It ended up being working out. I I really didn't expect it to happen. I think it was the only non-California school I applied to. It was a pipe dream. Um but yeah, it, it was, you know, you're just sitting there in a hallway with other nervous, scared yeah. teenagers. Just imagine.
4: What was Tish where you wanted to go?
3: Yeah. I mean, I had, a, I, had a, I had a top three. And Tish was on the top three. But really, I did not even think I would get in. It just mm. seemed like such a, a dream reach, you know? Going to study acting in New York City? Mm -hmm. that's that could never happen to somebody like me but it did and i'm so glad i made that choice um to apply to try and then also to go
4: what did tish give you
3: a lot and i also gave them a lot and i'm still giving them some <laughs> every month, but
2: <laughs>
3: I, did, I did get a lot out of that experience. I mean, I still live in New York, and yeah. going to college here, my circle hasn't – I mean, I, I've met more people, um, but my college circle is now my professional circle. These are now mm. people that hire me and I work with, and um, we just see each other all the time, and it's amazing. So it gave me a really – amazing foundational community. Um, You know, I moved here as a teenager and I was hanging out with other teenagers and now these teenagers are associate directors on Broadway. They are in the casting office at CBS. Like we are, and we're friends. Um, It gave me that. It gave me a great sense of independence. There's not much of a campus here. Our famous tedious slogan is, the city is your campus.
2: Yeah. So...
4: (laughs)
3: And That, you like, you that sounds like
4: NYU. Yeah, that's that's what they tell you when you apply. Yeah, give <laughs> us all your
3: money, and we won't even give you a quad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it did. I mean, I was going. I got an internship my freshman year that was in Lincoln Center. I was seeing art shows for free. I was taking advantage of all of the student discounts for museums and um outings and all these wonderful things. So. I felt like I grew up um, at my own speed, at my own pace, but in a place that was really built for me. I really felt a deep connection to New York. I still do. I love it here so much. Um, And coming here through college was a really fortunate transition. I wasn't just dropped here and had to figure stuff out.
4: Yeah, I mean you bring up a couple of super interesting points uh, in terms of you know you're in this school and as you say there's no quad the city the city is your <laughs> is your campus but it sounds like you really took advantage of that and having though that variety of experience it's sort of the opposite of most college experiences right because I feel like almost intentionally most colleges are we are a bubble to mm-hmm. help pro- protect you and help you to become who you're going to become right i mean right. it's like we're it's insular in a way whereas it sounds uh, to me like for you you had because you went to NYU and you had these discounts, you didn't have money or whatever and but you were able to go out and have those experiences in the city which right I mean let's be honest that's an that's a part of the education I think in and of itself right
3: Probably the best sell NYU can make is where it is It is New York University so you get you get New York that is promised um yeah, it, I felt like a baby bird being shoved out of the nest. Right, but yeah, we we the adjustment period was brief because the city waits for no one, and then you you just get on board, and it's been amazing.
4: Yeah, do you feel like you like? There's an experience from when you're in high school and you're you're working on shows, and you have accomplished have, you know, you've had a various uh, degree of success or whatever. You go to NYU, which is an actor training program, which is the same type of school that I went to. Um, do you feel like you were, I always felt like I was sort of punched in the face very <laughs> quickly about like, oh no, son, you don't know, you don't know anything. Yet. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you have, you know, uh, instincts, you have stage presence, but no, this is, do you feel like was that your experience as well? Like here we're now going to tell you how this actually works.
3: Yeah, we had a lot of uh that going on in those first couple of weeks. We had we had people drop out in the first couple of weeks cuz yeah, right. it's 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 stark and it's sudden. It's like, you know, ice cold water just being thrown on your face. Right. And a lot of kids who were previously big fishes in little ponds. Right. And now Itty bitty teeny tiny minnows in the Pacific Ocean. Um, so I, I knew that going in though. I wanted that. I wanted kind of to be punched in the face a little, right? Because to me that makes it real. I wanted the hard work. I didn't want to fall into any type of misconception that I'm going to move to New York and like walk straight onto a set the day I graduate. Um, I wanted it to feel. Like I was working hard so that when I accomplished things, I wouldn't be afraid of them. Um, but we, yeah, we had, I think, probably, what, like a, a third didn't come back for second year.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, switched majors or switched schools, switched cities. You know, it's not right. for everybody. But it did happen. I had a teacher on... One of my first acting classes, she just walks in the door and she goes, how many of you have divorced parents? And we were like, oh, that's kind of personal. But you know, I raised my hand and so did a couple other people. And she said, I don't really know why the rest of you are even here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, what a thing to say. <laughs> Looking around at all the happily married um couple pair of children in the room like well (laughs) the tables have turned
1: bean dad the dress 30 to 50 feral hogs if you knew what any of those were you spend too much time online and hey i do too
4: Did you want to do theater? You wanted to be an actor. You went. You you got in as an actor. Mm-hmm. Did you want to do theater? What where where was your brain? I mean, you're still young, so I mean, you transitioned pretty quickly. But were, were you? Did you want to be an actor in anything? Did you have a sp- particular view in mind for what your future held?
3: I think I went in like everybody else, wanting to be in movies and
4: okay.
3: on a hit television show with many seasons and spinoffs and reboots. Um, And then I got to New York and I like really fell in love with theater. I'd already been doing it, but to see it done at a professional level consistently everywhere I went was so inspiring and I really wanted to do that. So my junior year um, I actually opted to go study abroad in London and study at RADA because I wanted classical training. I wanted to go see West End shows. Fringe shows. I, I wanted to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came back. <laughs> in my senior year. I went to the film and television studio. To just kind of go the other way. And I was like oh yeah. I really do like this stuff. So ultimately. I'm all, I, I like all of it. I want to do okay. all of it. Um, I just did a play. And it was the first play I'd done in a while and it felt so good. You know, I was exhausted. I made no money and I couldn't have been happier. I was, it just felt, you know, your whole body gets engaged and it it's a nice reminder for why I got into this.
4: Mm. Yeah. It's funny. I, I think, I think that's the difference, uh, between NYU and, most other actor conservatory training programs i think because you said you entered of course wanting tv series like that was never in my consciousness early on like i just wanted to be an actor in the theater like that was like that was the the only thing that i wanted and the only thing that i thought that i would ever do and i didn't even really think about that um NYU has great actor training. How much training are you getting? I mean, you said, and I, I, I don't know exactly what this means when you went back your senior year film and television. Are you getting film and television acting training as well or training in the business at all or, or, or how, how does that work there?
3: Yeah, they have. So at NYU, you have to do primary training first. So when you go, you get sorted into a studio. I always compare it to the Harry Potter sorting hat. It's okay. all the same school, but different acting techniques. Right. And you don't get to choose. And you have to stay there for two years. And then after your two years, you can go abroad, you can try a different acting studio, or you can go do your film and TV stuff, which you're not allowed to do until you finish your theater training. Um, so there's a school at NYU called Stone Street Studios, and that's the film and TV side of things. And they really try and make it all of those all of those things that you're talking about. So it's, you know, you work on camera with scene work, scene study, but you also have classes on how to read a call sheet and mm, okay. um, what a typical contract might look like. And we have guest speakers come in and then we have to role players the first 80 the second 80 the boom op, the gaffer like you, you learn those things which i actually found to be the most valuable part of the whole education at stone right. street It's just learning how a set actually runs oh, I know nobody's gonna I, slow it down and explain it to you once you get there i know and that and, and i was when
4: i started uh in film and television, I was much older and knew no- absolutely nothing. And that's what I always say. Like, the in some ways the hardest part of the job is like figuring out how it actually works. Like, Definitely. if it's just about saying your lines in character to another person, I'm good with that. But right. like, like, wait, why is this why is this person under me? Why am exactly. I straddling this person right now? Why? As I'm saying. Is everyone so close? (laughs) Why is everyone so in my face all the time? Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that's that's fascinating. All right, so you graduate, you're in the big city. Um, city. What 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 are what are you trying to do? Are you just trying to work? It doesn't matter where it is.
3: So I immediately I've been working as like here and there jobs through college, barista, nannying, and then when I graduated, I started working at a gym because I wanted to have my days free to go sit around for hours at Actors Equity and like hope to get seen for an audition. So I would start my work day at like 4 30 in the morning so that I could be done by noon and then I could go to Actors Equity and wait for six hours and then maybe get seen. Um live in the dream. So that was post grad immediately. And um I had done a showcase in my senior year, second semester, and I had met my manager, and she was kind of just like, I like you. Let's see how this goes. So she would send me little auditions here and there. I got my first um, TV appearance, which was very mm-hmm. cool for me on one of those New York courtroom shows. What was um, it? It was Madam Secretary.
4: Okay, that's what I thought. Actually, Madam Secretary. Yeah.
3: She wasn't, that one wasn't actually that courtroom-y, but it was, it's, you know, very New York type show. Um, Mia
4: Costello.
3: Mm-hmm, Mia, Costello Mia
4: Costello in Madam Secretary. So how was that experience? Like being on a set for the first time?
3: It was time. incredible. I'm uh, I mean, every time I step on a set, it's amazing, but I don't think anything can really top the first time that you get to go and you're sitting in the hair and makeup chair and you're handed your scene for the day. And, you know, you get to talk to the director. You get to talk to the actor who you've been watching on television. Like, there's just something so exciting about that. I was nervous, so nervous. And I, even now, sometimes when I watch that scene back, I'm like, oh, goodness, girl, loosen up. <laughs> like, breathe a little bit. But, you know, all in time. It was, It was a really fun day I, rem- I was just so happy and i remember calling my parents and i was like i'm gonna be on tv it's awesome and it was so exciting
4: um but you were you were nervous
3: yeah i was i was nervous i was really nervous yeah. um
4: how many days did you have that first time
3: i was there for five hours <laughs> it okay. was it was not days okay. it was okay. one scene okay. where we were sitting at a table so they did one over the shoulder. Another over the shoulder, a wide, a medium, they called it.
4: Okay. Um, you end up working on some other shows there mm-hmm. in New York. Bull for one, the good fight. Um, do you do you feel like you start gaining confidence with these guest stars? Do you start feeling more comfortable? Or is yeah. every time you still get nervous?
3: I I mean Honestly, I I find new reasons to get nervous every t- every time. It's different nerves, but when I was on the good fight, I was my scene was with Audra McDonald, and then Christine Baranski's sitting right across the table from us, and I have to be talking about my dead friend, and I'm just in the presence of legends, trying to sitting on a stand in a courtroom. So everyone's just staring at me and I'm staring at Audrey McDonald and she smelled so good. And I just wanted her to come stand next to me. (laughs) And so that made me nervous. Um, but that was also a really, it ended up being a really fun day and, uh, bull. I was nervous because it was my first day, my first job where I was on for multiple days. So I was on bull for, I think 10 days. So I was nervous about that. Um, you know, building a character an arc or something like that but um all of the previous experiences inform the next one which is great but it doesn't mean i'm not going to be nervous every time i step onto a set because it's always something new to be nervous about
4: yeah um i know you did a lot I I mean I have 7 here listed in front of me. I won't go through all the titles, but a lot of short films mm-hmm. gaining experience. Now is this are are these projects that you're doing with some of your NYU cohorts? You guys are putting stuff together just mm-hmm. trying to to work there?
3: Yeah, some some of them were NYU friends that we were you know, working with. Some were casting calls that I answered in college just for other universities looking for actors. Um, one of my teachers had a friend who was making a production who needed somebody and recommended me. And, and oh, I also spent a summer at Williamstown Theater Festival Oh in yeah. 2018. And okay. I was an apprentice there. And I'd say second to NYU, if not even on par with n y u as far as networking and meeting people, that was really great. so a lot of those short films came out of collaborations with people from there. You know you just pick up people along the way, and um especially with social media now, you can just get connected so easily right so people are always looking for somebody to be in their short film, and if you have the patience to do it, <laughs> right. they'll let you do it
4: right um, w- at this point you're auditioning trying to find work working some in the theater as you mentioned Mm -hmm. before um how do you meet uh the folks on the other black girl
3: so yes i i was coming out of what when was that so 2021 is that 2021 yes 2021 the top of 2021 um, I'm coming off of like a year of nothing. I had signed with my agent in February, 2020. And then it, we all know what happens two all right. weeks later.
4: All right. Right.
3: And so there's just, there was nothing. <laughs> great timing, great timing. Yeah. I, yeah. Fresh out of school. I was like, I'm gonna take this by the whole, nothing, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Silence. Um, so top of 2021, I think one of my first auditions is I get something in my inbox that says like untitled insidious project. Okay. And I didn't know what that meant, so I was like, "I'm just going to submit." I get a call back, and then I find out it's the Insidious franchise, like the horror movies. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I actually love these!" So right. I end up booking that. And I, while I'm on set for that, I get this audition for the show called The Other Black Girl. At this point, I'm sleeping on my friend's couch underneath his bookshelf, and on his bookshelf is The Other Black Girl,
4: and a, so I the just. Novel
3: the novel, the book. So I'm looking at my computer and I said, I've seen that before. And I just turn around and grab the book (laughs) and start reading. And I was like, okay, well, great. But I'm also trying to learn my lines for this movie I'm doing. So I'm not really that focused. Um, So I, I, when it comes, comes time for my audition, I'm on set for Insidious. I have to talk to the director before, Patrick Wilson. He was so lovely for this. He gave me like an extra long lunch break and he moved around the, Schedule so I could do this Zoom audition for the other black girl. Um, and it was great because I was already in hair and makeup and I was like, I feel fabulous. <laughs> uh, and so that was how I got my first audition for that. And I auditioned for Nella. And then, and then when they called me back, they wanted me to read for Hazel. So I read for Hazel. And then they said, actually, you know, we kind of feel like you fall in between these two characters too much. So we're going to pass. And I was pretty disappointed because I was like, I kind of feel like I could do this. I feel like I, I I get this person, this character, but you know what happens? So they pass. And then three weeks later, they called me back. They said, we actually want to have you back in for Nella. And at that point, it just goes like rapid fire. It's pretty much a call a week or two calls a week or something like that. But it it ended up being like a July to October process.
4: How many times did you read for them?
3: Yes. (laughs) How many times? I don't know. I want to say I did my Nella. I did my Hazel. I think I did one more Nella after that. And then I did kind of like a bracket style chemistry read, which took three hours. And then I did two chemistry reads with Ashley, who ended up playing Hazel. And then once I got the role, I did chemistry reads with all the Owens, all the Malaikas. So I was on the phone with these people a lot. (laughs) Okay. I don't even remember at what point I had the job. I I was just like, I I hope there's a job at the end of this.
4: (laughs) Wow. I had no idea.
3: It was quite the Uh, process.
4: Yes, yeah, so... Uh, I was also in different
3: countries. I was traveling. I was on vacation. So I was on a road trip on, in a van in Iceland when I had my first chemistry read. And they said, we want to see you tomorrow. So I had to get on my phone and find the nearest hotel on the Icelandic like, countryside where the whole country's population is like 250,000 people. Found one room with the strongest Wi-Fi in Iceland. I still think about that hotel. Oh my god. And I did I did my my reads in there. My friend sat in the van.
4: <laughs> wow.
3: It was chaos.
4: That's incredible. Did you when you when you were when you were sleeping under the bookshelf and you turned around and you picked up the book. Did you respond to the book? I mean, I know you wanted a job. Totally. And spoiler <laughs> alert, it's the lead. <laughs> but did you respond did you respond to the to the to the book? Was there a- Yes. Yeah.
3: I I mean when I picked up the book I read the back or the inside cover wherever the synopsis was and I said this sounds really really good. And then I read the first couple of chapters and then they'd also sent me the pilot so I read the pilot script. And okay. be- between I did all of that at the same time. So between all of that I was already pretty hooked. I I really felt like I knew who Nella was and i identified with a lot of the things that i was reading about her and i i didn't finish the book until the end of the audition process because i kind of didn't want to know how it ended yeah um but i was as they were sending me scripts i was reading little bits of the book and just kind of getting more and more interested and since it's 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 not necessarily mystery but thriller the the not knowing i thought was helping me i yes well it doesn't know what's happening to her so i shouldn't know what's happening either
4: that's very that's very interesting and astute of you i think by the way the other black girl new york times best-selling uh book um rave uh book made into a, a series now did you have any uh connection with rashida jones
3: Besides being a lifelong fan, nope. Yeah, okay. okay.
2: <laughs> I, I saw
3: her name and I I was I called my dad. He's like, Roshita <laughs> Jones. <laughs> was like, That's what it says. Unless there's another one.
4: Yeah. Um, I had no idea. They put you guys through the ringer.
3: Yeah, it was, you know, and we all got there and I, I was talking to everybody else. And Ashley had a similar experience, I think. They they wanted to get it right that those two relationship, I understand, you know, it was, you could find one, but maybe didn't have great chemistry with the other. And they made Ashley and I, I think Ashley and I tested together two or three times and it, it it took hours, but nobody was trying to be aloof about it. At one point, Todd, our producing director, straight up said, he's like, we really like you two. And we really like you two together. So we're just going to give you some stuff to heighten it so we can send it off to the people at Hulu and they'll love you as much as we do. And I appreciated that transparency.
4: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too.
0: It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
2: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
4: And then you have China. China. You get this job, your first, obviously, central, leading role of a big series. Now, is there nerves from you, from you in beginning to work on the show?
3: Yeah, there's nerves. It's yeah. a whole new thing to be nervous about. Yeah. Um, I I don't even know how to tell you the nerves I was experiencing, but... Yes, lead of a show that was a very well-liked book that's going to be on a very popular streaming platform. And Mm -hmm. everyone kept reminding me that. They're like, this is so cool. You're going to be the lead of a Hulu show. You've never done that before. (laughs) Right. Yes, I know. Yeah. I know that.
2: Um,
3: So, you know, I was really happy that we got to go down a few weeks before we started shooting. So we got to talk to everybody. We got to do a few rehearsals, which I think is pretty rare in, in the space, um, and had to, uh, got to have a relationship with the people we'd be spending the next four months with um, ahead of time. And because the show moved so quickly, we shot 10 episodes in under four months, right. and We were block shooting, so we were shooting multiple episodes at the same time. The timeline was all messed up. We were having different directors come in. We were having uh, new actors join us. Honestly, all that was going on really didn't give me enough time to be nervous after a while. Yeah. Which I really appreciated. We were just so busy. And everyone there cared about what we were making so much. And I was actually just having so much fun because we had so many amazing comedians on set and funny people uh, that the whole energy vibe was light, even though we were doing this pretty Herculean thing.
4: Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, there are you and Ashley and a lot of the other actors who, um, well, primarily one young with less <laughs> experience. And then, you know, you have people coming in like, Eric McCormick and yeah. Bellamy Young um you. what was what what well i was there i was there for a little bit but i really enjoyed uh my work with you i thought you were fantastic to work with and so open and receptive to shenanigans that i would <laughs> try to,
2: pour, <laughs> try I to pull with
3: you. i appreciated it i appreciated it cuz that was still kind of early on in our process so every curveball took me out of my own head a little bit. And I I remember specifically that that scene that we were doing where, you know, Nella is fighting tooth and nail through an apology. Yes. And we got really, I don't I don't know what you and Todd talked about, but
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: every take was different. And I appreciated it. It was, it was great. Um But yes, being the youngest, the greenest on set was daunting until I realized nobody else cared. (laughs) They they were they just wanted us all to do a good job. Nobody was whispering, she's so young. This is her first big (laughs) job. Right. They were like, we'd all hang out in the actors holding and joke around. And everybody was just, there was no hierarchy of of uh you know status or anything we were all chilling together and it was really nice
4: yeah well it i mean it certainly helps that you're really good let's well, be thank
3: you. let's, no
4: i mean let's be honest about it because if i mean if you were bad yeah, be there would have there would have, there would have been tons of whispers. Been yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, there would
4: have been tons, especially from that McCormick guy. He is, oh, just, yeah. yeah, he is evil. Love it. He Eric. can be. He can be so evil. Um, <laughs> so um, the show out in September. We're in the yeah. middle of sixty
3: days. Sixty days ago today. Sixty days ago today. Well, maybe not sixty days. Two months. Two September months. 13th. Yeah.
4: September. That's right. September 13th. Um, we, how did, let me tell you something. I felt horribly for you and for Ashley, because I, I just felt like this was not fair to the two of you. Um, obviously, um. Spoiler alert for those of you listening. <laughs> the show comes out and we're in the middle of the first uh, actor strike in over 50 years. That's right. The last actor strike, Ronald Reagan was president of the union, mm. not of the United oh, States. Oh. Uh, so it's over 50 years ago uh, since the last strike. And so they're making up rules. As we go along, because there's no there's no playbook Mm -hmm. uh, to what happens. And we're told that uh, we cannot promote shows, that that is part of our job, which it is, is to promote shows. Um, And we were on strike. So that is not something we were to do. And let me tell you, I felt horribly for you and for Ashley, because your work is so strong and the material is so good um the end product which i watched by myself without talking <laughs> about it either um was so strong that i felt terribly for you that you were not able to go through the experience and get the attention that you deserved to get for the work that you did was that difficult for you for it to come out and not be able to talk about it
3: yeah i would be lying if i said it wasn't difficult don't think, lie yeah no i it it was such a complex amalgamation of conflicting emotions it was just you know highs and lows every day um i think that the actor strike was announced on june 12th or july 12th mm. and our show the hollywood reporter uh announced our show's release date july 13th so mm. we were almost exactly in line with the actor strike so We had been told in advance, you know, keep your summer open. We have this big press rollout. We had talks about maybe going up to TIFF. And, you know, they wanted to do the talk show circuits and they wanted to do all this. And it was so exciting also because, you know, this was my first anything of this size. Um, And then to learn in one day that none of that was going to be happening. And that they were also going to release the show. Without the promo and not bump the release date, we had, yeah, th- that day was tough. That 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 learning that was like, oh no, the next six months of my life that I've kind of cleared out for this big thing is just not going to happen anymore. Mm. Um, but the show did still come out, and though we were not allowed to talk about it publicly or promote it uh, publicly or post about it, it really kind of personalized this experience for me because Mm. I still heard from a lot of people. I still got texts and calls and messages from folks I haven't heard from in years, or I don't even know directly. And they'd be sending me random billboards from Cincinnati or Los Angeles or Chicago, or Philadelphia. People from different countries are reaching out to me saying they've watched the show. And it's given me a little bit more time to read those messages and have conversations with the people in my life who are happy for me and have been following this accomplishment. And at the end of the day, as fun as all that stuff would have been, you can't really miss what you never had. I Mm. am excited for whatever project will allow me to have those type of experiences, but I am no less proud of the work that we did on this show. I'm glad that SAG was able to get a deal that they feel is fair so that next time we can go all out. But yeah, you know, it was... It was a uh, a lot of conflicting emotions over the past couple of months, but ultimately sure. ruled by gratitude.
4: Well, good for you. That's uh it's it's very mature. And look, let me be let me let me be honest with you. That stuff isn't fun. It's it's really, <laughs> it's, really it's really not it's really not fun. Yeah, I was like, um, I don't need it. That's okay. I'll just uh, wait. it's uh, it sounds it sounds it's way, it sounds way better than it is but that being said um i was really upset for particularly for uh the two of you now i, I it, because you deserved to get that attention and i wanted uh i mean look the point of all of that promotion fun or not is to get people to watch. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, look, it's part of what the fight was about is not having information about the streaming. I have no idea. I will tell you this, um, which means absolutely nothing, but I was (laughs) sent by my publicist the day that the trailer came out, which said, you know, hey, here's the trailer of your new show. Don't tweet about it. Don't talk about it. Don't share it with anybody. But just, what was it for your, for for, not for your information, but I don't know, for your consciousness? I don't know. They sent the trailer, and I clicked on it, and I showed it to someone the next day. So I clicked on it the next day, and there were three or four million views of this thing within 24 hours.
3: Yeah. So it it,
4: it got some traction. It got, that got some traction. Now I don't know if people watch the show or not, but I hope to God that they did. Um, now I, uh, for those of you, um, who haven't seen the other black girl one do because I mean, Jesus, I'm in it. Uh, but two, (laughs) more importantly, uh, Sinclair is in it. I was there, um, through, I think episode five, um, so I, I we're, we're not going to give spoilers away here because I really want people to go and watch the show, but I do want to mention something because I was gone at five. There was a unscheduled... And by the way, who knows if we're allowed to talk about this, but I don't really care. <laughs> uh, there was an unscheduled hiatus that happened um, during the course of the show um, because of, quote, wanting to go in a slightly different direction at the end of the series. Um, was this done with the thought of bringing it back for season two?
3: I wish people would include me in those conversations. I'd have to imagine, you know. Well, everybody well, asked me like, "What's the plan?" I was like, "When I an well, executive producer, I'll let you know." No, I, I, it's.
4: I wish. No, it's more from me watching it. It ends differently. It does than end what differently it had, than what had been when I was there. It ended differently than what it was explained to how it was explained to me Mm. we were ending. You were
3: ending. See, I didn't I I did not ask for the ending. I did not want to know what the ending was. Similar to like reading the book. So I didn't figure out how they were gonna end it until I read the episode ten script. But it does because it's different than the book. so It's different
4: than the book. It's different. Th- and that's what I mean. No one was filling me in. I, I wasn't in high-level meetings. It was more <sighs> conversations yeah. about it. And then when I watched it, because I didn't know really what had happened after, you know, I didn't know the end of the story from a uh-huh. series perspective. I had read the book. Um, and I went, oh. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, okay.
3: Well, I felt I felt like, you know, if they're taking an extra couple of weeks to go and rewrite the ending of a story that already has an ending. <laughs> right. <laughs> then that probably <laughs> means that they want to do something with the story as a whole, I would think. Right. Because, right. I mean, there's literally a book. That could tell you how to end it (laughs) right but to make a different choice a more left open choice feels intentional and obviously nobody knew that we were going to release this show into the strike but i would hope that that intention is still alive and well
4: yeah well i hope so too um maybe colin will come back and melt down in some other horrific way as well.
3: I hope
4: uh, so. I, um, so, so, so enjoyed your work and I enjoyed one, I enjoyed working with you and two, to see, uh, the, uh, your journey played out, the complexity of your performance, the depth of your performance and, um, the reality of your performance, um, was stunning to watch. And, um, you know, I, what I told you is true. The within, I'm going to be real within 12 minutes of me getting a text that the strike was over. I, uh, emailed, uh, I couldn't find your number and I emailed Jordan and Gus and said, "I, I need to get a hold of Sinclair because yeah, they told, uh,
3: they reached out like the same day they said, I, Brian's calling <laughs> uh,
4: because I, I I wanted to have you on I wanted to talk to you about you and your experience and 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 the show because it's a show that deserves uh to be seen and uh and I just I wish you all of the best and I hope we get to do it again sometime yeah. soon
3: well thank you I do too um it was truly the most fun I've ever had on a job and exactly why i do this and really affirming and to do that again would be such a blessing
2: yeah awesome
4: congratulations i'm i'm happy to hear you just went back and did something something in the theater as well one of these (laughs) one of these days one of these days i'll follow you and eric back and (laughs) did you see his show
3: yeah we had three the other black girl members on broadway this fall and i went to opening night of all of them cheered my pants off. It was amazing.
4: Wow.
3: Yeah. The theater was calling, you know? Yeah. You know, returning. It was fun. I did see Eric. He was hilarious. I, I, I didn't expect anything less. Like, yes. truly just drove the whole show with his comedic timing. It was phenomenal.
4: He's the best. Oh. Uh, such a good time. Thank you uh, for coming on and taking the time to talk to me. Good luck and uh everybody out there i'm serious go and watch on the aforementioned hulu the other black girl uh starring sinclair daniel i promise you this you won't you won't be disappointed you won't be disappointed thanks sinclair
3: thank you so much brian
4: Sinclair, so great to have you on today. It was such a pleasure to talk to you, a pleasure to work with you. I'm so happy that I could finally talk about this show that I do really, really love. And truly, you're a big part of why I love it so much. If you haven't already, go watch The Other Black Girl streaming on Hulu. You're gonna love Sinclair. You'll you'll get a glimpse of me as well. You probably forgot what I look like because all you do is hear my voice now, but check it out. Yeah, we're back, baby. We're back. I will see you next week. (music) Off the Beat is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Ling Lee. Our senior producer is Diego Tapia. Our producers are Liz Hayes, Hannah Harris, and Emily Carr. Our talent producer is Ryan, Papa Zachary, and our intern is Ali Amir Sahin. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by the one and only Creed Bratton.